ladies and gentlemen. I think by now, after a day of this, your eyes are beginning to glaze over. Uh, I used to teach afternoon classes one, one, one o'clock in the afternoon, and I, I felt that I was lecturing to lotus eaters all the time. I wouldn't blame you if you sleep, but I can't see if you are. There's been much said and said well about how to challenge the world and, and make it say uncle, how to make a success and achieve things in the world. I'd like to take it from another side for a moment. Uh, the interior landscape rather than the challenge to the world. Once I heard somebody at a meeting like this ask John Cheever why he wrote, and he said to try to make sense of my life, which is a very good answer. The unexamined life, as the wise Greek said, is not worth living. Um, especially for people of certified intelligence and gifts, which you all are. Henry James once talked to a bunch of young writers in New England and advised them to be people upon whom nothing is lost. That's pretty good advice for anybody. Uh, I would add to it. Also, try to avoid being one of those who have no connections with anything, which the modern world, I think, tends to, to create. We don't stay within even a single sex very often. Uh, don't stay with the same wife, don't live in the same place, don't work for the same company, don't live in the same house. Uh, I think a certain continuity is necessary, and I'll tell you why. Uh, you are members of a community, most of you. Uh, you're members of a region, of a country, of a culture, of an ecology, a species. And if you find it, as I sometimes do, a weed species, that isn't any reason to, to belong to it less or love it the less. It's only an excuse to try to mitigate its weediness. Uh, literary careers can't be planned for like many careers. I've taught enough young writers to, to know how often things can go astray and how hard it is to predict because nobody knows his own talent and other people can't predict for him. The only way you find out if you have talent is whether you find readers. If you don't find readers, you probably don't have the talent. So you can't plan for a literary career. Your talent will manifest itself in some fashion or other. It will make itself felt, and it will have to get said in whatever medium you choose to say it in. All you can do with it is discipline and train and direct it. And let me tell you a little bit about how accidental that can be. I grew up, as Spencer said, on the, the tail end of almost the last frontier on the continent. Not, not quite, but almost. The, the conditions we lived in, in in Saskatchewan were very, very comparable to the conditions of Kansas in the 1860s, the same kind of short grass frontier. 
I didn't, in my childhood town, have any art, any music, apart from some folk music, any literature. There were no books in town. There was no library, no architecture except a grain elevator. Uh, I hadn't ever witnessed the effect of a lawn. I had never seen a lawn. I had never seen a water closet until I was 11 years old and we moved to Great Falls, Montana. Uh, and I had never seen a city, really, of any kind until we moved to Salt Lake a year or so later. That's deprivation of a kind. It's also, a, in many ways, an advantage because you, you do build up a head of steam coming from nowhere. You have lots of places to go. You have no notion that you can be a writer, though you know you like words and you like books. Uh, your teachers tell you your themes are okay. People encourage you. You say something and somebody raises his ears and, and uh, you try to do it again. But it never occurred to me that you could be a writer. I never saw a writer until I was past 21, I don't suppose. One in the flesh. Those were things that happened far off and long ago. I got to be a writer simply by accident, by pure inadvertence, by being pushed someplace by, by teachers. Nobody in my family had, had ever gone past the eighth grade in school. So I wind up with a PhD, and I practice writing, and I go east to teach. Well, first I teach at Utah, then at Wisconsin, then at Harvard. And finally, when I go back, I am aware of my abysmal lacks because I had belonged to nothing. I had no history, no tradition, no anything. Uh, I began to read history in order to find out where I belong because it had about occurred to me by then that I was one of those people that Wendell Berry, one of my former students, speaks of when he says, if you don't know where you are, you don't know who you are. I began to investigate the West that I had grown up in, read its history, look at its conditions. And those conditions and that history told me that that part of the world had not been settled properly. It had been raided. It had not been married. It had been raped. Uh, I got interested in, in trying to see what could be done about recording some of its history, even writing some of its history. Uh, and in saving some of the, the country that I had grown up in and loved, which was being devastated at a considerable pace. So I find myself eventually, to find out who I was, uh, trying to locate myself in space and time, and becoming almost a professional Westerner, I suppose, because that was what I knew, and that was what I also needed to know. I had to find out who I was and where I was before I could be anything, before I could really write any books. Once you got to that point, and you may not have to go through all that preliminary, I hope you don't, you can let your talent manifest itself as it will, because it will. It can't be kept down. I often told students, that if they could be discouraged, they should be. And if you can't be discouraged, then you're going to make it, probably, because that will be a sign that you're on your way. 
After that, the whole job is to see it truthfully, to see it as accurately as you possibly can, and to put it down and to keep on loving it, warts and all. Uh, that's the way I love this country, I guess, warts and all. And I work on the warts. <laughs> that's, I think, all I have to say. Thank you. Uh, early in your talk, sir, you mentioned how a true writer is one with, with readers. Um, I think many of us as students have experienced going to a public library and finding more copies of romance novels than, say, Sinclair Lewis or more psychological self-help manuals than works by yourself. I'm, I'm really interested <laughs> to know. I'm really interested to know um, how significant a criterion you really feel that public opinion of a writer should be. The the public opinion is, of course, of many kinds. You not only have to have readers, you have to have readers of a certain kind, and you probably have to have read readers over a, a space of time. Uh, for many writers, posterity is the, is the only uh, set of readers that counts. Uh, and for many, the immediate popularity is, is almost the kiss of death, because somehow uh, a lot of popular books don't last past the, the fashions which have bred them. Uh, it's not inevitable that a popular book is not a good book, but, but the, the chances are at least tilted in that direction. It's not also, of course, uh, impossible that a serious book is not a dull book. Uh, sometimes it is. You take those chances. That, that's the... the uh, it's a very chancy world you get into when you, when you start being a writer. You can't predict success and what the world calls success in other fields is very often a kind of failure in yours. You, I've heard it said of Kerouac that he was just a typist, and I was wondering how would you define the boundary between the type of um, introspective creativity and just recording of events in your life or during, in history? I'm, I'm sorry, I missed the first part of that question. I'm oh. beginning to disintegrate with old age. and I, uh, I'm sorry. Um, I just read of Kerouac that he was just a typist in what he wrote on the road, and I was wondering how would you just um, define the boundary between creative introspection and just re recording of events? Kerouac was never my favorite writer, I guess. Uh, um, that's, you know, I, I don't deny him his, his energy, his vigor, and, and uh, I don't deny that he expressed his generation uh, pretty accurately. I had many of them in class <laughs> uh, who, who were very like him. Uh, the, the problem with, with somebody like Kerouac, I think, is a, is a lack of, of a sense of history, which is what I grew up with. Uh, I, I, I had to learn it. I think you probably, from the, the limited perspective of your own life, uh, can't see far enough backward or forward to be sure that, that what, what is important and what is not. I think a lot of what Kerouac wrote about was essentially a fad, and it, it a wave that passed. 